Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's Sarah Streming, the Cog Dog Coach, and this is Cog Dog Radio. Join me as I cover behavior concepts, discuss training ideas, interview experts, and explore my cases, all regarding the dogs we live and play with. Let's go. All right, everybody, family meeting time. If you're not an agility competitor, you might not care about this episode. And if you are not a dog sport person at all, it it might be not the best one for you. Especially if this is your first episode, I would grab a different one. Because we're having a meeting. (laughs) We need to talk about something. We need to talk about our dog's behavior in agility trials. I am going to keep this really specific to agility, but everything I'm going to say I think applies to all sports. And this has been spurred by a really, really alarming dog attack on a judge that happened just this past weekend. So this is a rare instance of me kind of emergency recording a podcast to go out right away because this conversation needs to be had now. This recent attack was severe. It's categorically severe as a behavior consultant I would call it quite severe for several reasons. So the damage inflicted on the judge, as well as the nature of the attack, are both a really big deal, and a behavior consultant would be wise to have a very serious conversation with any owner that kind of brought this incident to them. And so the severity of the situation is causing a lot of conversation in our community. It's saying, you know, the community is really saying, what is wrong with this person? Or what is wrong with this dog? There's a lot of finger pointing. There's a lot of stuff going on that's not super helpful. But our community is talking about it in a big way right now. And I'd like to say that, yes, this attack was severe. And it's very alarming to read about but it is a symptom of a greater problem that I see every single weekend at agility trials. So every single time I go to a local trial, there's some things that I see that are, in my opinion, the reason the door is open for something like this to occur. Because backpedaling a little bit here as a behavior consultant, I will tell you that I have never seen or heard of a dog attack as severe as this one being a standalone first-time event. And pulling several other professionals, they say the same. The only incidents that are brought up as being potentially first-time or standalone events, the dogs had unknown histories. So they were dogs in shelters with completely unknown backgrounds or dogs taken out of rescue with completely unknown backgrounds. And so on. in those cases... I'd still argue that the unknown history leads me to believe that this was not a first time or standalone event. So kind of in the case of, you know, really severe human directed, human to human aggression. So in really severe acts of violence that humans commit against other humans, there's quite a bit of information available in regards to how that escalates and builds and what early, you know, earlier red flags were. This is true in dogs as well. So we don't see dogs that are perfectly fine, perfectly comfortable, you know, social, well-trained, doing doing great stuff. And then five seconds later, they are 
committing this level of aggression on a person or another dog. That's just not realistic. It just kind of doesn't happen. And so seeing these other problems that are really written off, really excused, and creating a culture that doesn't allow for those issues, I think is what needs to be done here. So I'm going to talk about some proactive stuff. I'm going to talk about what I don't think is helpful. And I'm going to talk about what I, what I kind of see as being the reality. So what's the stuff I'm seeing every single weekend? I'm seeing novice dogs that can't stay focused and they are dismissed as being babies. They're walking in the ring. They're looking everywhere. They're looking at the judge. They're looking at the other dog. They are running away and sniffing. They are disengaging from their handler. The handler is needing to do severe acrobatics to keep the dog engaged. And they are literally just dismissed as being young. Those dogs might be young, but they are untrained. And the problem is that they're untrained, not that they're young. It doesn't only happen in novice because especially if we're talking about AKC agility, a lot of faults are allowed. And so dogs can climb the levels actually with, with quite a bit of this kind of behavior going on. And so these dogs might be even up in higher levels, being highly distracted, not engaged, not focused. The person is needing to clap in their face, really keep them really overwhelm any of their thoughts of the environment with, with their handling. And along those same lines, every single weekend, I see handlers asking for special treatment. I, we've all followed somebody into the ring who has turned around and said, please wait until I have a hold of my dog, or please wait until my dog is on a leash, or just essentially please wait until I am exiting the ring to come in with your dog. And here's the thing. If we don't listen to them, we do risk their dog causing a problem for our dog. And I'm not going to take that risk. But they are asking us to break the rules. And I don't appreciate being asked to break the rules. When you have to ask for special treatment, you are stating loud and clear that your dog's training is not appropriate for what you are asking the dog to do. If the dog cannot enter the ring while the other dog is still running and keep its head on its shoulders on the start line, it is not ready to be at a trial. If your dog can't finish the run, move with you towards the leash, allow the leash to be put on and then exit the ring with you with no risk, zero risk of running over to the other person on the, to the person and the dog that just walked in, then your dog's training is not appropriate for being in a trial. And I know this is not gonna make me popular. But I don't care about being popular. I care about being safe. I care about my dogs being safe in trials. And I care about the judge being safe in trials. And I care about everybody there being safe. I have seen most weekends a dog rushing at a judge or at another dog and then allowed to go on. Sometimes this dog was deemed friendly. Everybody's like, oh, he's just overly friendly. Or sometimes not. A dog leaving work to approach a person or a dog should be immediately excused. You don't know what the dog's intention is. And if we are very clear about that behavior being unacceptable, it will change the culture. It will change the training. I have seen a dog rush a judge aggressively and I've seen the person regain attention from the dog and finish the run only to have the dog approach the judge several more times. 
I volunteered for an ACT for my local club, which is, for those that aren't familiar, a like pre-novice agility test that AKC offers. And the behavior of about 50% of the dogs was pretty alarming to me. Running away from the handler, running up to the stewards, running up to the judge. One dog even jumped on and bit the judge repeatedly. But everybody said, oh, it's a golden, it's friendly, it's sweet. And so not much was done about it. A dog running up to the judge, any of the ring stewards, or any other dogs should be immediately excused. I am not saying that they are disqualified or written up or sent away. I am saying they are excused. They certainly lose that run. And yes, you would have to be supportive of judges making that decision because judges don't do that because they'd like to be invited back. Another thing I see every given weekend is really appalling big behaviors ringside. Let me define kind of big behaviors here. I see dogs dragging their owner through the agility trial, either towards their rewards or towards the ring or towards outside. I see dogs lunging at other dogs. I see dogs barking maniacally. I see dogs beating themselves with tug toys, shaking these toys. All of that stuff is what I'm going to call out of control behavior. Either the dog's out of his own mental control or he's out of the handler's control. If these behaviors were scrutinized better, so dogs that can't stay focused, dogs that approach people or other dogs when they're off leash, handlers asking for special treatment, and dogs lunging or otherwise engaging in kind of pre-aggression behaviors ringside, if those things were taken more seriously, and not normalized, we would be in better shape here. And I'm gonna point out, I've got a lot of friends who compete in bite sports. I've got friends who compete in Mondialring and in Schutzend. These are dogs who are expected to kind of commit acts of aggression under high arousal. They are trained to where they are safe, being walked to and from the ring. It's very, very important to that community that an incident like the one I'm talking about at this agility trial is just not possible. It just doesn't happen. But I will also mention that you don't have five or six competitors ringside with their dogs thrashing a tug at a Mondo ring trial. You don't have people's dogs dragging them through the trial up to the ring gate. None of that's happening. These dogs are kept under better control because the environment calls for it. I am all about dogs having freedom, dogs having agency. I want dogs to be off leash in the woods every day of their life, if possible. But when the environment calls for my dog to walk calmly next to me, I train them to do that. In my opinion, an agility trial calls for more controlled ringside behavior than the typical behavior that we see. So before I dig into what I think is helpful, I'm going to mention a few things that I don't think are helpful. I don't think witch hunts are helpful. I don't think crying from the rooftops, my dog would never because my dog has a better temperament than that or my dog is better behaved or blah, blah, blah is helpful. 
I don't think accusations that maybe this dog is ill that committed these acts are helpful, although I understand the sentiment coming from the folks um, saying that that might be true. Saying this is up to the clubs, this is up to AKC, this is up to blah, blah, blah. Passing the buck in general, not helpful. This is why I called a family meeting today. This is a community. We all need to do this together. And screaming for more discipline, I don't think is helpful. I think education is what's helpful, not discipline. Although, of course, I think that a dog that commits an act of aggression at an agility trial should earn some a disciplinary action for their handler. Okay, so here's what I think is helpful for us as a family, as a community to get better at. Number one, actively training and also recognizing true engagement in our dogs. Because if you need reinforcers to maintain engagement from your dog, they have not been trained to the level that I'd like them to be trained to be walking into an agility trial. Ask yourself if you could take a lap through PetSmart with minimal to no reinforcement for your dog, and then walk next to you, stay with you, do what you ask, without having a constant stream of food or being latched to a tug. I think that's a good test for whether the dog is ready to be in this trial environment or not. True engagement is the dog willingly and without prompting offering you its attention. If the dog needs to be latched on a tug, to stay with you in an environment, they don't have true engagement. And if they need a constant stream of treats to stay with you in an environment, same deal. They don't have engagement. This is stuff that I think should be in agility curricula. If you teach agility classes, teaching people to get to a realistic amount of reinforcement should be part of your job. And that includes ringside not just in the ring. We've got to normalize, hold up, and applaud calm ringside behavior. If you have to enter the building at the last possible minute and run into the ring, your dog is not appropriately trained for the environment. If your dog needs to be fed a constant stream of treats to be kept from barking and lunging, ringside, they are not appropriately trained to be in the environment. If they have to have a tug in their mouth with which they are beating themselves and salivating and growling and drooling, they're not appropriately trained to be in, in the environment. Again, I bring back bite sports. These dogs are expected to walk in a loose heel, on a loose lead, up to and into the ring where they take off the collar and the leash and hand it to the judge and begin. They are not expected to walk through a gauntlet of other dogs thrashing their toys and staring at them. And for good reason. They're not expected to do that because everybody there knows that wouldn't go very well. It's not going well for our agility dogs either. It's just that the incidence of these severe aggressive attacks is actually low enough that people kind of shrug about this stuff. At World Championships, which does not need to be your goal for this to be relevant, there is a queue of three dogs lined up to go into the ring. They have their own space. They've got plenty of space from each other, but they are queued up ringside and you are not permitted to have food in the queue. If that sounds like a nightmare to you, you might think about that as your goal. Not necessarily that world champs is your goal, but that your dog being able to wait three dogs 
for the amount of three dogs to run without being fed is it is it something to shoot for we as a community have to have discussions with folks at these earlier earlier levels when we see a dog that is being rushed into the ring because it cannot hang out ringside we need to talk to that person when we have somebody chronically asking for people to hold up the trial for them and wait for them to collect their dog and leave the ring we need to have a discussion with these people we need to ask do you think that's going to be forever do you think you know what are you doing so that you don't have to ask that next time and support the judges who say no that that is breaking the rule and it's not going to happen i saw somebody on social media say that when they are asked to hold up the ring and wait they insist that that person informs the judge that they have asked that most judges are going to shrug and say okay cool because they don't want to be a bad guy but just that little change in the narrative of you need to ask the judge because this is a rule that you're breaking, I think would be good motivation. Most folks don't even know that they are breaking a rule. by at, they're, they're asking you to break a rule. They aren't breaking a rule themselves. So they spent the appropriate amount of time in the ring. They're not breaking a rule. They're asking you to break a rule by holding up the ring, by not going in when you're supposed to go in. So informing those people, you're asking me to break the rules, which opens me up for discipline. Do you know that? Just that statement alone is going to change the narrative about the, around that one. In classes, which y'all, this is where it's happening. Okay, this is where the real work is to be done. In agility classes. Instructors who are asked to give special accommodation to students whose dogs have problems should make sure that that dog is also being seen by a behavior consultant. If you want to make accommodations in your class for folks whose dogs are have, aggressive, have aggression problems towards other dogs or people, that's fine. I used to when I taught agility classes. But make sure that those folks are working on that problem elsewhere. They're working on it outside of class and that they understand that there will not be special accommodations for them at trials and that they've got to be willing to bet that their dog's not going to cause another dog a problem. This is a conversation you need to have with them as their teacher. And if you lose them as a student, I understand that that hurts and that sucks. We have to start normalizing these conversations. So if you've got a dog in class that you stand outside the ring for them to run because they might rush you, that's a problem. That dog should not be entered in trials. That dog shouldn't be in class until that problem's been addressed with a behavior consultant. Agility trainers getting really comfortable with who they can refer to for behavior in their area is a good idea. Get good relationships with these people and send your clients and expect that your clients might be told to take a break from class. And that that's not personal. That's about the dog's best interest. I think that dogs in agility classes should actually be expected to function off-leash around people and dogs. This would identify problems very, very early and would inform the training that you give these folks because you would work on that stuff with them rather than just the agility piece. It's about a cultural shift. It's not about you being an island who does things differently because you're right. The students will go to other people's classes where they're, they get to do whatever they want. So if you teach for a school, having a school-wide conversation about this and changing it from the inside out, really good idea. 
Because the reality in our game is that dogs in super high states of arousal sometimes do tip into aggression. They don't necessarily have to be afraid for this to happen. We are breeding and buying higher and higher caliber dogs. And with that comes bigger responsibility. It is not enough for your dog to have a reliable running dog walk and perfect weave poles. Your dog also must be able to walk through the trial, walk into the gate, let set up on the line while the other dog is finishing up. And yes, function with the judge, doing whatever it is that the judge needs to be doing. Taking the crate to gate behaviors as seriously as the inside the ring behaviors is the change that we have to see. And I am not a person who believes that agility is for everyone. And so having hard conversations about which dogs are simply not appropriate for the trial environment is also something that we have to get more comfortable with as a community. Stepping off my soapbox now, please share this with your agility instructors. Please share it with in your community. We need to band together, decide that no one else is going to be hurt at an agility trial because we're going to stop it right now. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll rate, review, and subscribe wherever you heard this podcast. And don't forget to join Patreon at patreon.com slash cogdogradio. And if you're interested in more content like the stuff you heard here, I hope you'll check out my online courses, my membership, and all of my offerings at my website, sarahstremming.com. See you there.